real quick at the top of the episode, I want to get a shout out to uh, Misfits LLC. Um, the company um, one of our players, Ryan, works for, has been gracious enough to help us build a website to get a lot of art up and maybe updates of things we might be doing in the future. If this gets uh, more and more popular, you know, we now have a, we'll now have a website. But let me talk to you a little about Misfits uh, LLC. They design custom websites and applications. They do advertising, business cards, and graphic design. Um, Ryan's been working there for a number of years, and he loves it. So a good uh, employee, a happy employee means it must be a good company. Um, if you guys need any um, any of that type of work, I'm going to go ahead and give you the website. And that's Misfits, M-I-S-F-I-T-S, L-L-C dot net. Go ahead and look that up if you guys need any, you know, custom websites, applications, advertisements. And then you guys can check out our website when it comes up if you want to see some uh, examples of their work. All right. Thanks for uh, listening to me talk a little bit. Let's get on to the episode. Hello, everyone. You're listening to Dungeon and Dagness. I am Mark Daly, your DM. And we have with us today, David Blondin. Hey, I'm David, and I play Brock Timbers, the styling bard that may not be large, but is definitely in charge and is ready to get off this land barge. Ryan O'Connor. Hey, everybody, I'm Ryan, and I play Edson, the Electric Knight. Tommy Gray. I'm Tommy Gray. I play Shane, and his magical ability is a gun. And Tommy Stenhouse. Hey guys, it's Kelmar, the shapeshifting druid. Alright like guys, it. so a little recap from last time. Uh, last time you guys got a chance to meet Jamna, the gnome that joined you guys back at Daggerford. Uh, you also found out from her, found her from her that you guys have a common enemy in the Cult of the Dragon. Uh, she told you that the man in red that joined the caravan uh, the same day that she did, that was quite chummy with the Cult of the Dragon, was Asbara Jos, a red wizard of Thay. A few days later, there was a murder on the caravan. One of the cultist guards was stabbed in the back at night. The cultist accused you, but nothing came of it because of lack of evidence. We finished off our session at the end of the night, and it is the next morning. Oh, how many days away from Waterdeep are we? You guys are now uh, five days away from Waterdeep travel. All right. Let's... Let's get moving, huh? Let's go. Yeah. So, um, the guard has been murdered, and he's also been buried, and it's the day after that. It's the morning after that, right? After that. Correct. Okay. Yeah, let's let's hit the road. Hold on. One second. I pull my table a little closer so I don't have to reach to see what I rolled. All right, I'm ready to go. Sounds good. Uh, in the morning, you guys have a bit of dried meat and oats and for breakfast. 
Wait. <laughs> I want to inspect those oats. Yeah. Yeah, I only eat oats, the ones that I've gone through for silver shards. <clears throat> we can't eat the oats without inspecting them first. So just you want investigation? So, didn't roll very well. I rolled a nine. That's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Uh, the um, seems like everything is just oats. Um, you can tell just by the moisture in the air that the oats are starting to get a bit questionable, but they should be okay for the next couple days. <laughs> Eat these oats, fellas. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All right. So you guys have your breakfast. You guys get up. Uh, you guys get your horses ready, and uh, you head down the road. Uh, let's see. Okay. Uh, you guys head down the road. Seems like a pretty peaceful day. It's overcast and cold, um, but you guys make it tonight. Awesome. Do I see the gnome anytime that day? Uh, occasionally she'll pass by, nod her, uh, tip her hat to you guys, um, and usually just walk, uh, water pass. She kind of seems like she's kind of going up and down the caravan as the day goes on. Okay, she is in within 120 feet. I'm going to cast message to her during the day. Okay. Um, we'll just do that so, scene. She's walking past you guys. She uh, tilts yeah. her hat towards you, um, and then you send out a message. If I haven't um, mentioned, my uh, my pipe has a uh, copper ring around the mouthpiece, which is the components for message. So when Brock smokes his pipe, he can cast it. Um, it's his way of doing things a little uh, deceptively. And um, I will cast her a message saying, uh, was that your handiwork the other night? She seems startled for a second, looks back, and sees you smoking. And then I, I, I kind of like nod my head. And she says, not I. Can I insight check over message? Ugh, that's a... <laughs> uh, as a... As a DM ruling? No. Yeah, I, I didn't think, think you would so. Because really yeah, you do insight <laughs> to kind of like read their movements, how they react, uh-huh. facial expressions. Okay. Um, I, uh, I continue nodding my head as though I just had an awesome uh, rip of my pipe. And I stow it away and go back to sitting on top of the caravan. Uh, sounds good. You guys make it tonight. Uh, you guys set up camp, um, and then we can just do our shifts for the night. Alrighty, I go first. Um, am I with? We're not doing that. We're doing me alone, Kelmar and Etzin, Shane alone. Right? Yeah. All right. Oh no! Wah, 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 wah. Natural one. Alright, so Brock, uh, Brock, when he was casting his message, he was also smoking most of the day, and he's just kind of feeling giddy and high, and uh, as he starts his shift, he's sitting there in the cold weather, gets a blanket to warm up next to the fire, uh, starts to doze off just a little bit, and he's awoken with a blade hitting him in the chest. Um, oh, it's like, yeah, real awesome, right? <laughs> Uh, there's six, six piercing damage as the blade stabs uh, stabs into you. Uh, okay. Ouch. Kebabbles. Uh, and he uh, pulls the uh, guy pulls the blade out and tries to go in for another strike. Uh, everyone roll initiative. Everyone that's asleep roll initiative with disadvantage. Alright. Uh, that's okay. <laughs> 14 to 16 works. Uh, Got a 16 with disadvantage. A uh, 
also a 16 with disadvantage. I rolled a 19 and a 16. Well, apparently, like you're a bunch of cheaters. <laughs> apparently, Brock is a little startled. Um, I got a 14, and I'm awake. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone just instantly wakes up. <laughs> Should we all need to make dex checks because we all got 16? Um, no, I think that Shane definitely has higher uh, dexterity than you guys. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> and uh, Edson, for sure, goal, has goal zero. <laughs> yeah, so I think it's uh, Shane Kelbar, Edson, for the... <laughs> I, w- I woke up, like, with a Batman get-up, and Edson's gonna wake up, like, he's gotta roll onto his side, like, get on his hands and knees. <laughs> oh, damn, um, and... Pound. David, you're gonna get two attacks at you. All right. Um, full 17s. So. Okay, so I'll make cut one of them. Um. Uh, I'm gonna try to reason with him. I'm gonna yell. Um, Shane will yell. Uh, Samuel, drop your sword. It's not worth it. You don't need to do this. He didn't hurt Trevor. Uh, you can give me a persuasion check. Oh, pretty good roll. 19. He looks over at you and he says, You're in cahoots with him. Um, I'm going to take the rifle out. Um, and of its uh, little case or whatever it is, and I'm going to aim it at him and I'm going to tell him one last, you have one last chance. You don't need to do this. No one else needs to get hurt. And then, ooh, I'll say, uh, oh, never mind. Never mind. That's where I'll stop. No one else needs to get hurt. Uh, during that short like interaction, I mean the, the combat rounds are quick. So, are you firing your gun? <laughs> it, does he have another response to that, or does it look like he's going to try to hit Brock again? Yeah, he's about to try to hit Brock again. I tried. Yeah. Um, I am going to. Yeah, I'm going to shoot him. Um. First was a 17, and the second one will be a rousing 29. <laughs> these are just iron bullets, by the way. These are just regular, these are just regular old bullets. If I, I know we have to work, I we have to work out like officially how it's gonna work, but I think, like Dave said, it's gonna work with two, two, and two. I have three different types: six rounds in the cylinder, two pond pebbles, two. Uh, Hyper shots two iron bullets uh-huh. going forward but for this evening in this combat we'll just do six iron rounds because um, I didn't specify before we started okay so we got two hits two damage that's good it's going to be 19 damage okay uh, you fire off two shots that just echo across uh, across the head. Um, I'm sure you probably will cause some, somebody as you fire off this round. Uh, you hit one in the shoulder and another one like in like his hip, uh, and he kind of re- reels back from the shots. Uh, that would be Kelmar is next, I believe. Yeah, Kelmar. <clears throat> All right, I'm going to um, kind of roll.
and all of a sudden hear um, Shane yell out to this guy and then fire two shots so my ears are kind of ringing I'll put my hands to my head over my ears um, and then I'm going to kind of get my bearings and see that this guy is attacking Brock and I'm going to try and frostbite him so I have to do a constitution save and throw right? constitution save of 15 17 alright then uh, I don't think anything happens if you save yeah so uh, you see kind of like this like almost like uh, cloud of frost like peel over um the guard and as it tries to grab onto him it looks like it just kind of like lands on his shoulder and he kind of just shrugs it off um Edson you're on the ground and Commodore's close. Alright, with my shield <laughs> at the ready. And I've got my axe. Huh. And I'm gonna uh, run out. And uh, how far am I from Brock? Uh, you can easily go to him. Uh, I would say a, camp, uh, a campsite is no no bigger than 20, 20 square feet. Alright, well, first I'm gonna have my uh, Drakken Steed try and tackle the guy. Uh, does 15 hit? Uh, 15 does not hit. Ah, damn. Alrighty. Then Edson's gonna run in. And I'm gonna swing my axe twice at the guy. Yep, go ahead. Does an 18 hit? Uh, he was reaction to parry it. Oh, shit. Alright. And next tech. Does a 20 hit? Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, so you see the Drakken's Steed kind of charge at him, and he's quick enough to kind of just move out of the way and rotate around uh, around the Drakken's Steed. And Ryan comes up from, or Edson comes up from behind, takes a swing at him, and the guy's quick enough to use the hilt, uh, the bottom portion of his blade to kind of push away the axe, and Edson comes back with a quick attack right after. Alrighty, I'm gonna also add a level 2 smite to this. Sounds good. And a charge for my glove. For good measure. Oh, man. <laughs> Edson's pissed. <laughs> yeah, he's attacking my buddy. 33 damage. Oh, God. Okay. Nice, so you, see, uh, you see Edson pull back his hand, his, his glove ignites, and shoots lightning through his blade, and you see a thunderbolt kind of strike from the sky, uh, almost as loud as uh, Shane's gun going off. And it strikes his blade and he slashes right through this guy. Um, this guy is like all singed up now, cuts across his body, bleeding out. He's looking pretty rough. Uh, Brock. Okay. <coughs> um, first thing, I'm gonna be like, you come to this campsite with that pussy ass shit? And you expect me to come out here alive? And I'm going to heal myself. Only seven for a third level spell. That's fucking horrible. <laughs> um, but that's still helpful. Would you use, uh, like, lay on your uh, wounds? My uh, healing word. Oh, nice. Okay, so I'm at 21 health. And... Then I'm going to um, 
I'm going to lean to yell at him. Hickory dickory dockery, I'm going to fuck your mind with vicious mockery. And I need you to give me a uh, wisdom saving throw. Uh, he fails. <laughs> okay. Uh, he's going to pay. He's going to take three psychic damage. Ah, ah, ah. Uh, uh, three. Uh, as you as you diss him with your excellent rhyming, um, he feels ashamed that he can't understand your slick tongue. <laughs> and you see a little bit of blood come out of one of his eyes. Uh, and then the next attack has disadvantage. Cool. Um, he's pretty beat up. He's shot up. He's thunderbolted. Um, he's kind of surrounded. Uh, he's going to make his desperate attempt to attack Dave. So disadvantage. Up your sword. Oh, suck it, Dave. With disadvantage is 17. Nice. There you go. Seven yeah, cut that <laughs> um, sir, yeah, no. I do say, fuck off. <laughs> I cut it by six. <laughs> okay. I think uh, that second missed. attack. Yeah, second attack's at 18. What's the most you can cut something okay. by, David? Eight. He rolls a d8. Um, uh, ten more slashing damage there. If you cut a nine down to a one, uh, no, I was just curious. No, it doesn't. Not like a natural failure. It doesn't. No. It doesn't change the face of the dice. It's move, it just no. moves the number down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he slashes in, uh, slashes into Brock again, and as uh, he's slashing into Brock, he's like, "I will take you down with me." As blood's like squirting out of his mouth. Uh, blood Shane, is squirting out of my mouth as well. 11 health. Uh, medicine check him. Uh, medicine check him. Is that a, as a bonus action? I mean, you can medicine check regardless if you want to just check conditions of people. It's kind of similar how we do it in uh, Kyle's campaign. 12. Are you checking Brock or are you checking the guy? Uh, the guy. It, if, can I, if I can medicine check freely, I'd like to check them both. Uh, you can tell. Well, you've hanged out with Brock enough. I don't think you even need to really check. You can tell if Brock's got is pretty fucked up. Um, and then the other guy with a twelve, uh, you can tell he's bleeding out in a lot of spots, but uh, he's kind of holding his ground. All right. I'm going to. Um. Use. Um. Damn it. <laughs> I'm going to use a uh, grip point. I'm going to violent shot him. The first shot. And that's going to be a 22. I can't even parry that, so yeah, it hits. Parry a bullet? And the second. <laughs> hey, parry a bullet. all better. Parry this, you filthy casual. And then the next one will be a 23 to hit. <laughs> uh, yeah, both I can't parry, so yeah, both hit. One damage. Yeah. Um, so, sh- so Shane, yeah, you kill this guy. Um, All right. Want to so kill him? I guess. I'll, um, I'll shout out to him. This is your last opportunity, knowing in my heart of hearts that he is not going to stop what he's doing. 
take aim and I'll put one. So I assume like he's standing to the, like I'm standing to his side. So he's like his profile like that. And I'll put one right. Yeah. And he's like kind of like, right, oh, like in, yeah. And in mid action, he's like bringing down a sword against Brock. I'll shoulder the weapon and I'll put one right in his temple. And you guys see just the blood spatter shoot out from the side of his head. Uh, Edson's Drakensteed gets a little uh, gets a little bit of blood splattered on it as he hits the floor. Lifeless. My Drakensteed just go like eh, eh. <clears throat> oh, fuck. Uh, and Edson, your 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 axe your axe is like mm, midnight snack. Mm. Um. And I'm going to... Considering I'm cranky, I drop it on the guy's body. I'm going to go check on Brock. How you doing, bud? Uh, <laughs> I've seen worse. Uh, nothing I'd compared like to, to the dragon and... wings, let me tell you. <laughs> hey, Brock. Yeah. How's this sound? And I give up 20 points of lay on hands. That sounds like I'm at full health. <sighs> Yeah, I'm feeling better, buddy. Yeah. Thank you. So, I'm gonna go... The fuck? Why do people uh, think I'm such a shithead? Because <laughs> you are. I don't think um, I was ever a shithead to this guy. No, I don't think you were at all. Completely uncalled for, and he paid the price for it. Um, We should probably going... inform the other guards to let them know what happened. So that we're not just absolutely as, murdering guy. As that's an saying that uh, a couple of people are coming from down the road and up the road uh, with swords and shields ready to go. What's going on? We heard loud bangs. We saw thunder. And, and they look at the ground. They see a massacred guy and an axe slowly chewing through its calf. This guy attacked Brock while he was sleeping. I'm still laying down. Like, kind of looks like down. you guys. Like... <clears throat> the guy looks over. Like kind of looks like. I don't even know what that thing's doing to its leg, but it looks like you guys murdered him. Well, considering we're next to our cart, and I'm in commoner's clothes and not in my armor, what does that tell you? I'd like to roll persuasion. Uh, yes, you can roll with advantage. Alrighty. Oh, yeah. Let's see, so that'll be a uh, 23. I may be a simple ask paladin, but <laughs> uh, you, I like to imagine uh, Edson's actually a little bit in like his PJs, so he's got like the long onesie on right now, and he's holding like his shield and his axe. He's like, "You think I, you think I just walked out trying to kill people with this stuff?" Butt flat down, puts down his, his sword, puts it back in the hill, puts it back in his scabbard. He's like. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. This was uh, the guy that accused you guys from yesterday, right? Yes. Um, and then they kind of like grab like their shield and kind of like try to get your axe off its ankle. Can you like stop that thing? Uh, sure. And I I pick up the axe and I just kind of pat it on the back, <laughs> going like, "There, there, let go." Um, he, he, he the axe doesn't quite let go, and you kind of start pulling a little bit of flesh, but it doesn't quite get a good good honk on it but you can you pull it back and it's still got a little bit of flesh in, it, in its teeth all right <laughs> and the guy looks over he's like that is just disturbing trust me 
try owning it. Um, I, I, I would be, I would have to say I'm going to pass. <laughs> and then they kind of turn over the body and like reveal his face. And you guys can see that it, uh, that it was uh, Trevor's friend. Yeah. Guys kind of gather around uh, a couple of the people like look over uh, a couple of the guards are like pushing back more than like the peasants and commoners and just trying to keep everyone back. Um, like, geez. Okay. Um, guess I should go talk to the guy that hired these two. Um, and I see a couple I, of guards that just start walking down the path. I think one of us should go with you, uh, Shane or Edson. I look in at my uh, pajamas, butt flap almost opening. <laughs> I think I'll pass. I'll sling my my rifle in its little case over the shoulder. Um, I'll be right along. Uh, I just need to check something first. I just want to do a pat down of the body. Um and uh and check pockets something real quick get my hand on uh, sure. uh this is the one they kept the notebook pat, as you pat down the body as you pat down the body uh you find another notebook uh similar to the one that you saw from before uh looks like it was just a different different cover um you also find like an like a uh, charcoal pen or a pen basically has like, a little charcoal tip and you also find oh nice six gold Um, six gold on the body. He does. He is wearing a pretty beat up, damaged chainmail from that fight. Um, a long sword, and uh, he has like a brown cloak that's pretty bloodied. Uh, but you do find a notepad inside his pockets. Um, I'm gonna walk over to Brock, where I'm assuming he's still laying down, kind of just. Edson, if you wouldn't terribly mind, um, would you bury the body? I think uh, I would help, but I'm gonna tag along with these guys. Yeah, I, I could do that. Let me yeah, uh, just let me put on some actual clothes first. Absolutely. I I'm just want to go over to, and, and gonna, I'm gonna say, uh, you say, hey, uh, we're, we're getting pretty good at digging graves, huh? For for bikes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I uh, I don't know if that's a good thing. <laughs> the, the only reason I ask is because I just rifled through his pockets, um, and took his stuff. And I just didn't want anyone watching to be like, wow, they just killed this guy and, and then robbed him. So, appreciate it. Thank you oh, for that. The guards, sir, the kinda, it's kinda compensation. Do a little circle around it. It's compensation for my blood on the ground is what this is. Yeah, there's a lot of it. Look, there's some over there and over there and over here. Oh, David, and your uh, nice white collared shirt is uh, now stained with your blood. I know. Oh, no. I know. I just got it clean. You just got it back from the dry cleaners. All right. So, Shane, you start heading down the path. Um, you start walking with the other two guards that came from the northern path. You guys walk over to one of the wagons, which has a female human there standing, uh, sitting at a fire. Um, and they approach, um, one of your guards went off and killed or tried to kill, uh, someone in the caravan. Uh, where did you get, where'd you recruit these two? She looks up. I hired one of them from Daggerford cause we were running short on manpower. And the other one I got back in Baldur's Gate. <clears throat> um, did they seem like they knew uh, each other? Um... They seem pretty friendly once we uh, acquired, I think, Samuel from Daggerford. Well, friendly is one thing, but it doesn't seem like they knew each other. Like, they were friends from a long time ago. 
they have worked together before? Um, they, have worked. they may have worked together before. Uh, they seem to, when they were fighting during when we when we were in the caravan, they seem to coordinate pretty well, um, and they definitely were chatting most of the time. I insight, ch- in- insight check when she said that she picked him up in two different cities. Uh, sure. I, I'm going to toss him the notebook, the charcoal pen. Fourteen. Uh, she seems truthful. Okay. <clears throat> um, well, one was um, unfortunately murdered, Trevor, and Samuel um, lost his his mind, quite obviously, attacking uh, one of my caravan mates and my uh, crewmates. So, um, did they ever seem like? It would be the type to do something like this. Travel with them for a while. Um, not really. I mean, they pretty much kept to themselves. Uh, they were very vigilant at night. Um, they would occasionally walk up and down the caravan. Um, but I didn't really notice anything peculiar about them. Just regular mercenaries or guards, in a sense. Did they ever talk about... Um, did she know Brock's name? Or did he use an alibi? Uh, no. I don't think I've ever introduced myself to her. So, I'll keep um, it that way. Um, uh, did they ever talk about um, uh, anybody in the caravan? Something, you know, people they didn't like, people they did like? Um, am I a suspect for some reason? You were the... You're not a suspect to, per se, but you're definitely the only person alive in this caravan who really knew them. And they're both dead in the span of three days. So just trying to figure out what happened and trying to keep everybody safe. Uh, give me a precision check. Ooh, 13. 12 plus 1. She kind of scoffs a little bit. Just... Well, they're hired guards. Honestly, I... I pay them gold to make sure that I'm safe. Um, if they wandered off and did things like that, I'm really sorry about that. But unfortunately, I don't really know too much about them. Uh, they mentioned, uh, what's that guy? And she like snaps her fingers a couple times thinking, guy with the gargoyles on top of his wagon. They always had questions about him, but I don't really know much about him or his wagon. What kind of questions did they ask? Um, mostly why people are allowing him to kind of walk around with gargoyles on their back. I mean, most people don't really look at living gargoyles as uh, good things. Okay. Well, um, how far, how many caravans are we apart from her? How many, you know, uh, you got four wagons back. Four wagons back. Um, we're four wagons up. Um, if you need anything, let us know. Um, we can come come around maybe once a day or so and check on you and see how things are going. And I extend my hand out to shake her hand. Um, she extends out her hand and shakes her hand, and she's like, I appreciate that. Um, I know there's a couple travelers on here that are looking for work, so I may try to hire them. I still have a few blades in my wagon. Uh, when you grab her hands, her hands kind of feel rough. Like she's a like she's a worker. Like she's been working probably most of her life. She's got calluses on her hands, kind of similar to yours, where your hands are just beat up 
in general. Um, Do you like butterflies <laughs> flutter behind I them? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I never thought there could be another who could understand like me. I, uh, I ask, uh, I want to ask her, did, uh, did you pay the, uh, Samuel in advance? Um, I paid them, I paid him the advance for getting all the way up to Daggerford. Ouch. Um, he had a, a few gold pieces on him. Um, here you go. And I'll give her four gold pieces. He still come uh, out on she, top of She, like, grabs the coins and she hands two back to you. She's like, thank you for offering your services. Um, think of it as your way for, for paying back for whatever damages he caused. A tip I had as I put the coins back in my pouch. Cheers. Um, stroll away. Um, and then she kind of like stands up, uh, puts the coins into a bag that's tied off to her wagon, and uh, she kind of tends to a couple of horses as you guys walk away. Um, and the guards, uh, guards are kind of chatting, and they're just like, "It's kind of weird, right? Two different places, but they seem kind of chummy, right?" And they look over at you. Obviously, coming from different towns, I mean, I know once in a while I run into a, I run into a good friends in different places, but it seems strange. It also seems strange to. You know, with no real evidence to try to kill somebody else. And then, you know, when he tried to hurt my friend there, he yelled out, this is for Trevor. So it was clearly revenge for, I think it was somebody important to him. Kind of sounds like it. Um, I mean, he did accuse uh, accuse your group of uh, doing something. Uh, but obviously, I don't think you guys would have done anything. I remember what you guys did back when the trolls uh, north of Baldur's Gate. You guys were the first ones to help out the other wagons. Oh, we try. You know, um, strength in numbers. So keep everybody alive. Make sure that everybody's safe. Um, Mark, can I look through that notebook while um, Shane went and did that? Sir, uh, Shane and them are starting to walk back in this casual conversation. And then just both of them are like, yeah, let's let's get a let's get a hustle back on this caravan and get ourselves to dagger and get ourselves to waters deep. Um, and then we'll hop over to Brock. Brock, you're kind of nursing your wounds, um, trying to clean as much blood off your shirt, but it's just kind of making it pink instead of red. Mm-hmm. Um, but you open up the note uh, the notepad, and uh, the first one kind of like talk, uh, talks about like the rough notes. They're pretty bad handwriting, uh, but what you can decipher in common uh, seems to say uh, the blue man and the small one travel travel in the caravan with the woodmaker. Uh, the next note says uh, they sleep. Uh, they sleep at night. Uh, seems like in shifts. Uh, they looked well armed, especially the one that is blue. Okay. <clears throat> uh, and that was the last note. Okay, so it was like he had the notebook earlier. Tommy, Tommy got a hold of it, and so this was just him trying to like fill it and dispose like, of it. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm gonna r- yeah. rip out rip out those. Uh, pieces of the notebook um throw them in the, throw them in the, in the fire and then i'll put the notebook in my backpack because you can never have enough uh notebooks for writing down stuff yeah as shane gets back from walking with the other guards uh you reconvene at the campfire um obviously shane you can convey any information you want before we start at the night shifts again all right so um she says that she picked up in two different towns. Uh, the guards and I all think that those two guys were 
way too chubby uh, to be from two different towns and to have only like worked together once or twice. They seem like they were real tight. And when he stabbed you, if you remember, he yelled out, you know, for Trevor. So you think that they know each other better than that she's letting on that she's lying a little bit. Um, but she's going to stay in the caravan and we can keep an eye on her. Well, we'll keep our eyes peeled because we don't know how many more people want to stab us in our sleep. How many more guards does she have? None. None? She has no guards now? Um, on her wagon, none. On her wagon that she is particularly on, she has no guards. There are two other wagons that she is accompanied with, with uh, human males as drivers. They each have two guards. Do I, or do I know any of them? Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Off All right. Bed. So let's begin our night shifts. Um, I think. Yep. Uh, everyone's had to bed, but I think it's Kellner and Etzin. You guys are up for your night shifts. All right. Uh, we're doing this at advantage, right? You are, yeah. Because one of you are. Um, so it's 14 plus 4 is 18. I'm okay. definitely not getting stabbed in the chest. Um, with an 18, you guys are pretty aware. You guys are chatting it up, um, kind of looking at uh, Brock as he's sleeping, and you can see that he's kind of like, not, not like, discomfort, dis- not like in pain, but he is kind of like tossing and turning a lot um, as he's sleeping. Um, but yeah, your, your shift ends pretty peacefully. Um, it's still cold, overcast, and dark. All right, next shift. A 13. Rolling oops today. Mm, you rolled plenty to hit when you were trying to hit somebody, so... I rolled a 17 to hit today. It means I rolled a 7. Uh, that's right, you're plus t- a 7. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you, uh, stay, you stay awake for your shift, um, kind of keeping a aware eye out, looking around, um, but nothing really happens over, over the night. Um, a couple, looks like commoners, walk past your guys' caravan, kind of late at night, but uh, then they walk right back across your way and you wake up in the morning sun is rising um, the clouds are starting to break out a little bit it's a little warmer today I don't want to um, get up I don't want to get up <laughs> <laughs> I mean carry on right Ugh. just trying to get to the city uh, do we want to go check out what our garb- our gargoyle friend is up to to see if anything's different on his wagon just look or go a few wagons back and keep an eye on our uh, lady wagon driver. Um, Kalmar, I vaguely remember you telling me you had a bunch of like um, herbalism and alchemy supplies. Yes, I do indeed have an alchemist or an herbalism kit and alchemy supplies. Um, do you know what you need to make potions? Like, what kind of like herbs? He can reverse engineer. Uh, so basically, at the cost of a potion, he can basically use the same ingredients that are inside a potion to figure out what kind of herbs are needed. Um, Kelmar is pretty knowledgeable since he's been working with alchemy before. Um, he knows how to make like kind of more of the basic 
potions, like, you know, potion of uh, claiming, um, a lesser healing potion, things like that. But anything yeah. more advanced than that, he would have to either examine the potion itself or know the recipe. No, no, like a lesser healing potion. Like, uh-huh. uh, he would he have know. a pretty good idea that, it, that what is required of it right. um, with lesser healing potions because they're less potent. The materials don't have to be like the super high end material, but they still require um, good ingredients with uh, the right kind of like cooking and processing of it. Yeah, so for Kelmore, he knows that. A lot of like medicinal and medicinal herbs that are good for like kind of like healing wounds and stuff like that. That is a good baseline of creating the potion, mm-hmm. and they something else to kind of enhance it. Usually, some kind of a rare flower would always help with adding a little bit more magic to it, which kind of gets it into that lesser healing potion. Um, you know what you would find? It's a variety of things. Um, so there's like, if for example, like if I had a list of like a hundred different herbs, like twenty of them all have medicinal benefits, and you can use those yeah. as the base of it. And then you basically just need to get like one rare flower or some sort to be able to kind of enhance it into a lesser healing potion. Okay, so it's hey, it. what kind of medicinal yeah. herbs do you have, and do you have any rare flowers? And that's how you can make potions. Mm-hmm. So this this guy would be a, a good person like... to go talk to about that. Uh, Shane, he also has your uh, black powder. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So. <clears throat> Uh, if you if you guys want to go and talk to him, by all means, I'm gonna stay here at the cart. I just wanted to pee this cart, see what was going on. It might be a good he idea. Seems like he's, yeah, that's all I want to do. Um, I'll do that. So morning of, uh, as everyone's making breakfast, Shane, you uh, finish uh, finish up your meal real quick. I uh, kind of run up to the front of the caravan. You pass by a lot of the caravans that you've seen before. Uh, you see the caravan that Lilith is at. She, t- she gives a wave at you. Um, and you continue up to Lesfrendo, where Lesfrendo has the three carts ready to get ready. Um, and you can see a lot of his gargoyles. Um, I don't know if Shane noticed the last time, but a lot of his gargoyles, have, like they have like broken like chips kind of cracking through their chest. Uh, they are made of like, stone, uh, but it looks like different colored stones are now like kind of keeping them together. Um, and they do their usual kind of stare right at you with their red beady eyes um, as you approach the front of the cart where Los Rondo is. Um, I'll take my hat off. Good morning. Uh, he, sh- he shrugs, uh, and he's like, what do you need? A little bit of more of that uh, black powder, but just a pinch. He uh, slowly hops off, uh, hops off his cart. Um, he's a pretty tall guy. He's probably like... Um, upwards of six, seven, six, eight. So this is a really tall dude. Um, he has lo- he has long black hair. He has kind of like this droopy looking eye uh, eyes all the time, like he's always tired. He opens up his cart, unlatches it, lifts it open, pulls out the tray. Uh, you can see that there is a bag of black powder right there, as well as a mixture of like shiny rocks, uh, different things. There's a couple of vials of potions hanging from wires. Uh, he said the black powder. Uh, how much yes. are you looking for? Um, I point to the bag. I say, is this your whole supply? Um, I have some in my storage in my other carts, but that's for a customer that's already bought it. Um, just uh, so I understand market value here of it. You know, you don't get a lot of people dealing with this stuff, and it seems like you have a lot, and you know people who have a lot. How much for that entire bag? Uh, he looks at it. Um... He takes it out and like uh, he has his like little measuring spoon, scoops it out, puts it into another bag, and then kind of counts it out. Um, let's see. 
Um, I could part with it for fifty gold. Um, for you, Shane, that you know that for ammunition wise, that's about a hundred. That's about uh, two hundred shots. Um, I have forty-five on me right now. I have some more. I'd have to go back to the other cart and get it, and then I have to get it back to you the end of the day. You want to wait for the fifty, or I can give you the forty-five now, and we can call it even. What do you think? Uh, precision check. Uh, with advantage, because he doesn't want to see your face again. Oh, you'd think it'd be easy, but I have bad persuasion. 13. He shrugs, and he's like, for the ease of my life, he grabs the bag, ties it off, and just hands it to you. 45. 45 in his hand. Nice doing business with you. And uh, I'll give him another hat off. And he, and he says, make sure to not drop that in the fire. Bad things happen. <laughs> uh, you jokester. You know I won't do that. And then I'll look up at his gargoyles. Bye, boys. And they kind of snap, snap. <laughs> uh, Shane, you arrive back to them arguing and kind of yelling at each other. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's going on here? <laughs> I, I just still can't believe how he's alive. He just got stabbed twice last night. He gets stabbed all the time. He's fine. Um, and I jump off my horse and I go right, and I'll give you a, a hearty slap on the back. Now you go down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at that! <laughs> I'm, I'm doing it. He's a ghost. I grab you by the by the still sore. Man. Out of your feet. Still sore. Yeah, I can um, I can tell that he's new to getting stabbed. <laughs> Not like, <laughs> like all my I get nicked, or you know, that it was that one time that giant rock uh, enveloped my whole body, and I almost died. But uh, normally, it's not like just stabbing you in the stomach. Normally, it's just like nicks off to the side on me, you know. So the the whole taking a sword to the guts a little new. Yeah, yeah. It, it does. It will happen. Yeah. You know. <laughs> um, uh, I remember my it, first gut stabbing. Uh, <laughs> miserable night. Everyone like, lifts up a shirt. Yeah, this one right here. An orc got me real good. And it's this big old like gash rune right across his rib cage. Um, I went to see Los Frendo. His gargoyles look torn up. They look like he's uh he's had to cobble them together with other pieces of stone. They're like discolored now, scratched up. Oh, so he got. Oh. Did he get attacked? Well, it's May have just. Been. That's the road, man. Uh, they're brand new when we left Baldur's Gate, and they're beat to shit. Yeah, I mean, he's had to defend himself, presumably, from the stuff that we've had to on the road. Shane and, and Edson, if they would like anything from, from the friend guy. All right, I got my stuff. Kelmar's taking my, less friend, though, as friend. Black powder bag. <laughs> Edson? You need anything? Uh, no, I think I'm pretty set. Uh, unless you have like a mini forge on hand. I don't know. Come on. If there's anything uh, Edson likes, I'll I'll get it. Hmm. Got it. Brock, Brock I'll look. I'll look for the mini forge for you. <laughs> I'll ask. I mean, if they have one, sure. <laughs> I don't think they yeah. exist though. Might might be a little bit expensive, but it's okay. We got gold now, and I'll like jingle my bag of gold. 
Uh, Kelmar is Zoiberg when he gets the three hundred dollar. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> One <Hey>. art, please. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, so yeah, we'll make our way down to uh, to Los Frendos. All right, so you guys start walking down. Um, you guys walk past a lot of the other caravans. Uh, Dave, you see the long-nosed gnome as you're passing by them. Um, guards, of course, are alert and keep, and keep an eye on you guys. As you yeah. walk past, you get up to Los Rangos three carts, and, of course, the gargoyles are there with their red beady eyes staring at you guys as you guys walk a little more off the road to keep your distance from them as you approach the front how, uh, the front cart. How see close? Los Rangos setting up the fire. How I'm close? Gonna, yeah, one of the they? gargoyles like Kelmar. I don't think Kelmar's ever seen one of these before. Uh, they are stone-like creatures. Um, they have kind of like beaks uh, as their front face, um, but they're all made of stone. They have red eyes. They fly, and they're currently chained to the carts. Chained, uh, okay. Like all collars. Right. Got collars, it. Collars, right? If they if they weren't chained, he would probably would have gone up and like did like the dog thing, like put out the back of your hand. But uh, chained usually means dangerous. Um, uh, so we'll walk right yeah, up to the guy and Sprendo. Uh, looks over with his uh, droopy, very low voice. <sighs> yes. Oh, hey, uh, I'm Kelmar, and I'll put my hand out to shake his hand. Uh, he looks at your hand and looks right back at you. Let's Sprendo. Ah, friend, yes. I would like to say we are friends. What, uh, my friend Shane, I believe he bought some some powder from you earlier. He said you got a lot of cool stuff, um, a lot of potions, and, uh, what, what are you guys, what are you selling here? Like, a variety of stuff. Is there something in particular looking for so I don't have to set up my cart again? Um, hmm... Well, I'm looking for a health potion. Can you help me out with that? Um, all out of health potions, but I have some herbal components. Hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, let's take a look at those. What, what do you got? Uh, he opens up a part of his car, sticks his head in, uh, kind of reaches out, um, pulls out, uh, pulls out a small uh, crate. Pops it out with like small containers. Some of them are flowers, like kind of like, planted in dirt inside the vial, and then a couple of them are just actually like petals. And he pulls out one of those smaller vials um, that has like petals in it. Um, this is Kingsbane. Um, that's usually one of the base components for healing potions if you're looking for that, if you're trying to make it. Okay. Kingsbane. How much for this? Um, do you want the whole vial? Is this all you have? Right now. That's not already pre-purchased. Hmm. Yeah, I'll take the whole lot. I'm just making a note. Hold on. Um, he looks at it and he's like, you probably... Yeah, pops up the cork and kind of pours out a couple of the petals to get a general sense of how much there is. Um, 25 gold will cover the cost of all this. Um, and Kelmar, give me a alchemy roll with proficiency. So D20 plus proficiency. Um, 15 plus 3, 18. 
the material, the amount that he's giving you in King's Bane, you know that that's enough base to make about three po three to four potions. Uh, if brewed correctly. Um, um, just normal healing potions, mm -hmm. minor healing potion. Um, Brock, you probably have a good idea of how much healing potions are usually on the market. Yeah, expensive. Like that's a great price. It's like you went to the guy in Santa Cruz selling weed in the mountains instead of going through the dealer and then the sub. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I, I, <laughs> Kelmar would. I don't know if he would understand that, but all he knows is he can make healing potions from this bag of uh, King's Bane. Yeah, uh, and here's here's uh, who he calls friend guy. Um, here's him say twenty five gold, and he will get out twenty five gold and hand it over and say. Hey, yeah, thank you. Uh, it's been a real pleasure. Um, maybe I'm going to swing by once your cart's all set up so I can see everything you have. Uh, he grabs the 25 gold, counts it out, puts it away, hands you the vial. Hopefully it won't come to that. Ah, uh, oh, well, I hope it does. And, you know, you're making a lot of good money on this road, so you should be happy. And I'll give him a little smile. Um, he tries to smile, and it's just like this awkward... Here, I'll, I'll give you the face. <laughs> oh. He just kind of looks looks a little frustrated or surprised. Yeah. But that King's Bane, good, good find for you. Yeah, yeah. This will make a couple of potions, I think. I just got to practice more. And there you Get go. It down. You have uh, a, a, a big old vial to practice upon. All right, I'm ready. All righty. So we just do our night shifts real quick, and we'll head to the next day. Yep. All right. 18. Brock is much more aware tonight. He does not like being stabbed in the chest. <laughs> it's peaceful. Next shift. His eyes are just peeled open with tape. <laughs> I assist Kalmar. <laughs> uh, la, 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 la. Let's see. <clears throat> so 17 plus... It's peaceful. Next turn. 21. Got <laughs> it. Boom. 18. It's peaceful. Morning of. <laughs> Come on, let's get these doggies going. <laughs> yeah, uh, three more days. Three more. Forward. Um. Uh, yep. You guys are heading into the heavy grasslands. You guys can see the forest in the far right hand side, and yeah, you're probably still too far away to see water's deep. Um, and you guys go down the road. It's uh, getting a little warmer as you guys are getting closer to the coast. Um, it is getting a little bit more moisture in the air. Kalmar, you're feeling is starting to smell a little bit of that salt salt air coming from the ocean side. Um, and you guys head into the night, uh, starting the shifts. If anybody wants to do anything for the nights, obviously there is an activity that we can do. Uh, I would probably just be working on my armor some more. Working on the dinks. Sharpen it up. Working on that new etching that's uh, on your shield. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm going to try and make that potion. <coughs> or one of them. 
using my uh, my kit and all my pedals and supplies I got from my friendo. Sure. Uh, give me an alchemy roll plus proficiency. <clears throat> all right. We'll use the green one. Not very high. Um, 11. Uh, with an 11, you are able to make a potion, but with it, you unfortunately had to use a little more petals than you wanted to. So you're probably down mm. to only be able to make maybe one to two more potions with what you have left. Uh, but you Got do successfully it. make a healing potion. Uh, lesser, uh, is healing. It, uh, lesser healing? So it's yeah. 1d4. Or it's 2d4. 2d4. <laughs> just straight up. Well, remember, I reruled it differently now. So it's still a full action to take a potion, but you guys just get the max effect. So it's plus 10 health. Oh, that's right. Okay. Um, so I have one healing potion. All right, Kalmar, you're kind of excited about this because you actually haven't done this in a while. Uh, you've been mostly yeah. just a mercenary, and uh, you learn these skills from your mom. Um, so it's kind of nice to get back into the tools and kind of work back in your trade that you know that you used to do as a kid. Yeah. Um, FYI, Kalmar, as I see him making that, uh, typically those sell for around 50 gold each. Cool. So, uh, yeah, I guess that's a lot because some people upcharge. Some people you might find a better deal other other way places, but I'd say about fifty is the average. Hmm. And do a lot of people sell this Kingsbane stuff? Because I could just, we could just make potions and sell that for money. Fuck the plan. We're going to Waters Deep and we're opening a potion shop. Yeah. Slash Smithy. <laughs> Slash, Slash Smith. Smith. There we go. We now have Shane and Edson on board. <laughs> oh, and if you guys stay overnight upstairs, they have performances. <laughs> <laughs> and down the road, we got a gun range, if you're interested in that. <laughs> Happy fighter noises. <laughs> All right, so you make a potion, uh, everyone else. Uh, if you guys are all good, we can start into our night shifts. Yep, going for it. Yep. Nice, natural 17 plus 5. Uh, everything seems pretty peaceful. Uh, the wind from the ocean side is uh, kind of like almost like screeching through the grass as it like has that little whistling noise. Uh, and you see the grass like, <laughs> kind of waving from the wind. And your shift goes by pretty peacefully. All right, in. I'm going to pray first, but then I'm also going to assist. Mm-hmm. So a religion check from Edson, and then assisting a uh, perception for Kelmar. Uh, 23. <laughs> what did you get for religion, Edson? I got a 16. Uh, 16? Uh, with the 16, as you make a prayer, um, you're kind of like reaching uh, reaching out to your uh, to Teresa Stormcloud. Um, as it's going, you can kind of you can kind of feel like electricity kind of starting the air, and your hands start to tingle, and uh, your bird uh, kind of pops out, for, or your canary pops out for just for a second, and kind of like almost bows his head as you are praying at the same time. And all of a sudden, Edson. You're back into a field. Gold grains lay out the field with a tall black stone in the center. 
usually you're used to seeing the scene with bitter clouds above you with thunderstorms going, but it looks like a clear sky. And you see Teresa at the bottom of this black stone, sitting on the ground with her head down. I go up to her and like, Teresa? Um, and she looks up, panting. That's an... Uh, I grow weak. And she kind of like puts out her hand to uh, have you pick her up. I, I help her up real quick. Well, what's going on? Uh, uh, the powers that I've been giving you have slowly been draining me. And I need another source of strength to be able to continue supporting you. I... I don't really have... Oh, I, I look at my glove. Will this help? Um, she looks at it, uh, grabs it with the hand, and she says, This will help a bit, but I must update you on what's going on. Uh, still on the word from Bahamut. And the uh, lesser gods are now starting to uh, realize that they don't have to follow his rules anymore. And uh, they're becoming reckless and are slowly starting to interfere with your world. Uh, claiming champions and new followers. These lesser gods are gaining power at an accelerated rate. Is there anything I can do to stop them? <sighs> A meeting of some of the lesser gods. We're going to meet together, and uh, they're going to try to vie for power to come all together and support. <sighs> I will need to borrow you for a moment. I need, I need my champion next to me. Of course. And so, um, I'd like to take off the cover on my shield so that it completely shows the symbol of Bahamut. Uh, and she looks over and she's like, for now, and she puts her hand on, uh, on the actual uh, shield and you see like a glowing like blue energy come out. And then you see now the Bahamut is actually has a cloud wrapped around it, kind of like the uh, emblem for Olympus, where it's a cloud of thunderbolt going down it. It's basically that now encompasses uh, Bahamut's emblem. She's like, remember, for now, you are my champion. Alrighty. Well, shall we be off? Indeed. Um, and then she like kind of grabs uh, grabs your hand. And then as you guys are walking, uh, it almost feels like the world starts to like, rotate, but you guys are still walking on a solid ground. And you look back behind you, and it seems like almost like it's like draining like water into uh, into a sink. And then slowly unwinds, and as it unwinds, uh, opens up into a like town-like area. Um, a lot of like white and gold structures. Um, it's a beautiful day, uh, perfect temperature. Probably the nicest temperature you've been in in quite a while. Um, and you guys approach a smaller building. As you guys approach the smaller building, uh, you can see that she's leaning on you pretty hard, uh, just to continue walking. Uh, Teresa, do you mind, uh, just, just a second. I, I go over and I just find a place to hide and puke <laughs> after getting, going through what we just did, just like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then she, uh, as you guys are about to approach the doorways, uh, you guys hear, like, voices coming from inside. Uh, she sits up straight, she kind of straightens up her hair, um, which I don't know if I've ever described how she looks. She, uh, has kind of, like, a greenish tone to her skin. Her eyes are yellow, um, and her hair is all black. Uh, she has a long hair, and it's usually braided. 
Um, her hair is a little bit messed up right now, so she kind of gets that squared away. She straightens her clothes out. Uh, she cleans you off a little bit, um, combs your hair. And she's like, ah, these are other gods, of course, that we'll be inter uh, talking to. So please should be, I, please should I have my wings out for you? What was that? Should I have my wings out for you then? Um, not for now. Um, they'll, they may take it as a threat when you don't want to be, uh, seem hostile in this meeting. Fair enough. Okay. And she, like, stands up tall, and you can kind of see that, like, she's, like, shaking a bit. I'd like to <sighs> do that thing where you're just, like, carrying someone, um, like, you put their arm around you, your, the back of your, uh, shoulders, and just carry her in, like... Are you sure you're up for this? Uh, and she like kind of puts her hand on her, her, and she's like, "I need to be. I need their support to continue helping you." All right. Well, you know you have my support. Uh, she puts her hand on your uh, on your pauldron on your left shoulder, and uh, she kind of uses it to balance herself as uh, you guys walk into the room. Uh, you open up the door, which seemed like a small, maybe one-story building, probably like a family hut. And as it opens up, it opens up to this huge area, a uh, very large, large area with uh, a lot of seats all surrounding kind of like a center stage. Uh, what it makes me think of like is a kind of like a courtroom, where the but the main like people are focused in the center. Um, and as you uh, as you walk up, you see all kinds of fan fantastic creatures um you see you know dragonborns you see half dragons you see a lot of uh human looking creatures you also see dwarves gnomes different things like that but their skin tones are all a little bit different um you see a dwarf a dwarf with a fiery beard uh, fiery beard and like uh looks like a almost looks like a sun attached to a stick on his back um, and as you walk in here, you just feel the presence of just so much energy and power kind of coming emanating from this room. Uh, but you do see that a lot of them are like dressed in very fine linens, and most of them all have someone with them that is in heavy armor, like yourself. Um, and she wa she walks in. Uh, she kind of like goes to one of the nearest seats. Uh, she sits down and she. Uh, uh, welcomes you to sit as well and she sits down and kind of like straightens her back she tries her best to keep her posture as she looks around and she starts whispering to you <sighs> so I may have deceived you for this meeting but this meeting is important what's this for? right now they are deciding this is they are deciding on who will be the leaders in our community and a few of the people here believe that the best way to square this away is with having our champions kill each other. So you want me to fight for you? If it comes to that, I'm hoping that we can discuss this civilly uh, and not have to uh, lose any champions. Because all of us need our champions to maintain our power. Um, it's a two-way street. I need you as much as you possibly need me. Alright. Well, if it does come to the fight, would it be alright if I borrowed that glove for a little bit? That should be fine. Um, and she hands it, hands it back to you. Um, and uh, she looks around, and uh, you see a 
looks like a human male, but his skin tone his skin tone is yellow. Uh, his eyes are bright red. Uh, it has no no pupil, so it's like just clean uh, clean blood red. Um, and he has like gold glowing uh, glowing hair as he walks up, and he has a all red uh, soldier next to him in all plate armor. Uh, he has long black hair, no facial hair, and he carries a lance and a shield on his back. Lady Teresa, I never would have thought you'd come out of your little hovel. Hello. What's his name? Lord Braxton. It's good to see that uh, you and your champion are still doing well. Ah, Teresa. You, you don't need to give him compliments. He does it. He compliments himself. And who's this? Who's this young lad? He must be your champion. And I stand up and go like, "My name is Edson." And I let out a hand to shake his. Uh, and as you're like about to raise your hand, she kind of like places her hand on your wrist and kind of like puts it down. Uh, and she does uh, like a slight like bow, basically towards uh, towards uh, Braxton. And uh, he he looks over and he's like, ah, this one hasn't learned the matters yet. And he uh, ba- he just bows his head. Hello, Edson. I hope which, I-, uh, I I say apologies and I I bow deeply. Excellent. Do you know this uh, t- the, your uh, young young mistress here? She used to just be a bookworm before all this. She had no interest in all what the gods do. She was in study. Isn't that right, Teresa? And he's like joking with her. And you can tell she's not very happy with seeing him. She's like, yes, I did my studies in the library and I did plenty of work. Um, but ever since Muhammad has disappeared, I have had to make changes. Yeah, it's, there's nothing wrong with that, with uh, spending time in a library. It makes you quite an intelligent and wise person. Isn't that right, Teresa? Agreed. And she looks over and Braxton's like, the disappearance of Mohammed has been a blessing to some of us, allowing us to roam free, do as we please, and without having his gui- his guidance or his eyes on top of us, we now have more freedom to uh, access our champions, get into the real world, and see what else the real world could offer us. More than this mundane paradise that we live in, it's more exciting down there. There's more conflict, I'd say. And he chuckles and like slaps the chest of his champion, and the champion doesn't even budge. And for the entire time, he's also just been looking at you. I'd like to uh, look over at the other champion and say, like, pardon my manners, and I da- bow, and I'm like, my name is Edson. Uh, he he nods he nods his head, and uh, Braxton speaks up, uh, speaks up. This is my cha- this is my champion, Fax Thunderhammer. He got his name from his uh, from his father, uh, quite quite the hero back in your guys' realm. You may have heard of him. Mm, I'd like to ro- roll uh, history to see if I have heard of him. Uh, sure, go ahead. That's exactly what I was hoping would be the case. I rolled a two. <laughs> play, play it like you rolled a two, my man. <laughs> Who? Thunderhammer, the 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 human hero in the north. Um, he, he fought against uh, frost dragons. Uh, wait, wait. How 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 old are you? How how long have you been on the mortal plane? Uh, about give or take eighty years. Oh, jeez. 
he like starts pondering for a second. He's like, oh yeah, you definitely. It'll probably be a good three, four hundred years before that. So he may not have heard him. <laughs> Either way, uh, he's a uh, he's quite he's quite a great hero. Uh, he doesn't have the name that his father has, but he's much stronger and much faster. Um, so Zarius, are you excited to have your champion fight tonight? Now, now, Raxton. Um, we're here to all talk. There's no reason that we need to resort to having our champions slaughter each other in front of us. But that'd be fun, right? And he chuckles and kind of like uh, elbow, elbows her on the side. Well, Teresa, you enjoy yourself here, and uh, I'll be seeing you guys later. Have fun, Edson. I just bow as he walks away. And the champion, a champion turns with him and walks away. Um, so I and she, yeah, she sits back down. So, uh, and I whisper this to her, are all of them assholes? Um, he is a bit more of an asshole. Uh, he was actually kind of nice, uh, before Palmet left. Uh, but I think the power and the freedom has kind of let him loose. It's going to his head? A little bit. Um, after claiming, after claiming his champion, uh, he has been nothing. He has been nothing but uh, an ass. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest. I've been on the mortal plane for a while. I might have amnesia, but I have no idea who the hell that champion is. <laughs> it's it's quite all right. Um, like I said, it's you guys are, are live on the mortal mortal world, and it's not exactly like they keep records of everything. Uh, I mean, we try our best. Very true. Um, and then she pauses and uh, kind of like people start talking uh, around them and start to quiet down a little bit um, And she sits down and you can see that she's like kind of sweating and, like she starts to like like grab one of her handkerchiefs and kind of dab herself um, And she's like my biggest concern is that If this conversation goes the direction that I assume that it will head um, We will be fighting tonight it sounds like a lot of these, these uh, I'm assuming they're all lesser gods here. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming they all are very much wanting blood. Indeed. Uh, unfortunately, up, unfortunately, up here we don't get a lot of conflict, or should I say entertainment in that sense. And so they would like to see, they like to see what their mortals can do against each other. Is there any, any way we can rally your allies? Like, are there any anyone in here that is also against the fighting and would rather speak peacefully? There are a few. Um, one is actually going to be leading the conversation, so my hopes are is that her, her, her strong will and voice will be heard. Um, you guys are sitting there for a bit, kind of talking. Um, she kind of points out a couple of the other lesser gods, their champions, um, kind of just lets you know like where they come from and where they hail from. And uh, she does point out someone, and uh, it's a small gnome with uh, purple and black hair. Uh, he he uh, looks over and he like looks excited to see her, and Teresa's just like hand face palm. Damn it, she saw me. Um, just be prepared. And uh, he uh, starts walking over, um, and there's a uh, there's a female behind him, uh, behind him wearing almost all black uh, except her red hat. And she, uh, this is a elf, and uh, a small no, a small gnome walks up. 
Uh, and as he gets closer, you can see that his, the purple in his hair actually looks like astral stars. It almost looks like basically there's a universe basically like hang, uh, hanging out in his hair. I'd like to stand up and bow uh, to him, go like, uh, just so that to show some respect. And uh, he walks up and he's just smiling. Teresa, my love, it's so good to see you. And she's just smiling. Hello, Bar- uh, Um And you bow down. And he's like, this must be the new exciting champion you acquired, right? It's an honor. My name is Edson. Uh, he uh, sees you and like, he hops up on one of the, uh, the stools, kind of looks you up, looks you down. He, uh, picked, he's, and uh, he looks over at Teresa. Teresa, may I examine him? And she's like, I don't think you, I don't think you would, I would, if I said no, would you really stop? And he's like, you're correct. And he looks over and he's like, I am, I am Barvara Cloak Shadow. Uh, and uh, this one behind me, this is, uh, this is Melissa. And uh, he kind of like lifts up your armor, kind of pokes your ribs, then grabs your chin, kind of looks to, uh, makes you look left, look right. Looks like your weapon are on your hip. Hmm. That's an interesting weapon. Haven't seen one of those in a while. And uh, he continues to look around your armor, poke around it. He seems pretty solid. So, Teresa, I must ask, why are you here? You know tonight will be about bloodshed. Well, hopefully, Baravar, we do not need to result to that. Um, we know that the Lady, to, uh, Lady Midnight will be speaking on behalf to be able to try to make sure that we can not run into that. And Bavara laughs a little bit. <laughs> I wouldn't have brought her with me if I wasn't expecting blood. But you must understand that there's too many uh, little gods all trying to take their power, all trying to take their piece of the pie. And all of them enjoy the violence. And uh, I'm pretty sure someone's going to be losing champions tonight. Well, bar I'd, bar. I'd like to Go ahead. I'd like to pipe at this point. Just like uh, pardon my my uh, asking, but weren't you all uh, followers of Bahamut? Uh, yes, we were under his rule. Uh, this is his domain and his realm. Uh, but well, when a shepherd doesn't manage his sheep, the sheep will wander. And the sheep will try and cause bloodshed? Ah, I don't think a sheep was a good analogy. Maybe I should have just done with bears or something. But either way, um, some mortal creature thing where you guys can't where you can't control them. But ultimately, when Muhammad is gone and no one is telling others to do or what to do, that's why we needed to come together tonight. And if it comes to bloodshed, I'm sure Melissa and I will be fine. But if words are exchanged... Hopefully everyone can come to an agreement. Well, I'm hoping for the more peaceful outcome. It, even though Bahamut might not be here, I think that's what he might want. True, true. It would be nice to hear from him. I have uh, a bit of business to take care of with him whenever he comes back. A lot of uh, pending work. And he like opens up a notepad and like kind of flips through a couple pages and puts it back in his pocket. Well, Teresa, do you mind if I uh, sit down and uh, sit down with you tonight? Ah, Barvar, I don't believe I could say no to you. Exactly, my dear. 
and he sits down uh, sits down right next to her. Uh, Melissa actually sits a seat behind him and sits there. Uh, she's been pretty quiet. Um, she kind of been looking left and right, looking out through the room, uh, very aware of her surroundings, not paying too much attention to you or Teresa. I'd like to introduce myself. Um, excuse me, your name was Melissa, right? And she nods her head. Hi, I'm Edson. It's good to meet a fellow champion. Uh, and then she nods her head again, and then she, like, points at your, uh, axe, and kind of, like, lifts her, like, sh like, like, kind of, like, keeps pointing at it. Uh, you want to see my axe? And she, uh, nods. Uh, Barvar kind of, like, sees you guys uh, conversating. He's like, ooh, do apologies. Uh, her tongue was ripped out of her mouth, uh, back on the mortal plane, and so she's been a bit quiet. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, um, I like to show her the axe. <laughs> uh, as you display the axe, uh, she puts her, uh, she looks at it and like kind of rotates around it, and then like looks at the uh, basically the uh, the teeth that are on the edge of it, and she kind of like flicks each one of them, and she kind of like swings it with her hand uh, and moves it around a little bit. And then she like kind of flips it, uh, flips like a 360, and like spins it, uh, spins it, and grabs the handle as it lands back in her hand. And then she hands it right back to you. And she nods her head in like kind of like a positive, positive sense. I I grab it, smile back, and I'm like, very impressive. And Bar uh, Barbar is like, God damn it, Barbar, yeah, Barbar. Uh, Barbar looks over, uh, looks over. And he's like, she's quite skilled with many weapons. Uh, she prefers she prefers the subtle weapons instead. Um, and then she pulls, and he's like, oh, oh, do do the trick, do do the trick. And uh, she grabs she grabs her blades, and then she has two uh, knives or two daggers essentially, but the daggers are curved edged and they're kind of jagged. Um, so they have like, I like to look, I like to think they're like kind of like really crude drawings of fire basically, but they're the blades. Um, and she pulls them out she starts spinning them with her hands and then she kind of like does like a side of hand movement where she moves her hands really quickly and all of a sudden both the blades disappear <clears throat> well I hope that I won't be having to fight you at all tonight like I feel like you would be one hell of an opponent oh she is she is uh she lost. She lost her tongue, unfortunately, because of the one time she did get caught doing what she does best. Um, and then she uh, taps your shoulder, uh, Edson, and then she kind of does like the magician thing, where she puts the coin behind your head, and then she pulls the blade from behind your head and puts puts one away. I I clap like a giddy child, like, oh, that was awesome. <laughs> uh, she smiles and uh, uh, and then sits sits back down and uh, starts looking into the center. Uh, Teresa and Barbara kind of talk for a little bit, um, a lot of whispering, can't quite make out most of the conversation, um, and Teresa kind of put, uh, occasionally will put her hand, like, on, uh, on, on your knee, just to kind of, like, uh, just to, like, kind of push her hand on there, and then she'll look over at you, and then just to make sure that you're still doing okay, and she'll continue her conversation. I just, every time she does that, I just nod at her, and, uh, check on her, too, to make sure she's doing okay. Yeah, occasionally you'll see her like uh, put her hand on the on the bench to kind of like reposition herself to kind of make sure her posture stays strong, uh, and you can still see that she's kind of she has a little bit of a quivering to her. Um, 
as it goes on for a little bit, uh, you guys see the lights kind of dim down from the edge of the room, and a center light goes into the center spotlight. Uh, you see a woman come out, um, a elf woman, uh, come out with pretty pretty much human complexion, uh, not tan, uh, but pretty white uh, white skinned. Um, and she walks out, and she walks out. All right, all right, everyone, settle down. And then not, not everyone's settling down, so she snaps her finger, and she snaps her finger, and then all of a sudden, a ball of fire kind of comes up into the center of the room, and you all of a sudden hear, Phew! and everyone kind of quiet down. And then she makes the fire disappear. Now, we all came here for a reason, and you hear, you're in the background, to shed blood! And then you hear a couple, <laughs> a couple people stopping their feet, and she's like, no, no. We're here to discuss of our options and our choices. We have now been sitting without Bahamut for almost two months. We have not heard of a word of him, any signs of him. There are some rumors that people say that he has gone on a journey and he may not be coming back. Now, just because he goes on a journey for two months does not mean we need to act like reckless animals. Now, do we? And she looks over to Braxton's, uh, Braxton's corner, and he chuckles. <laughs> so, we are all here to discuss and give up our reasons of why we need to do one way over the other. So, I'll start off. I believe that we should continue doing Bahamut's work. That's why we are here. That's why we were created and, and born here. We're here to help push his agenda. And yes, he may not be here to guide us and control some of us, but in the best interest of all of us, I think we need to continue his work. We've had a long time to be here and a very long time to be able to benefit the world. If we give up on that, then what else is there? Just self-destruction between each other? I think resorting to deciding who's going to be the next power is not what we should do. We need to form a council, um, possibly four to five members that can all make decisions fairly and work together on that. And you hear Teresa kind of, you uh, hear Teresa do like a hand, hand clap on the back of her hand. A couple of the people will clap. I, I clap too. Yeah. Um, and then someone stand, uh, stands up, the light shifts over to, uh, over to him. Uh, this is this is a human or looks like a human male, um, uh, brown hair. Uh, he's wearing a kind of like gold and purple uh, like clothing. Uh, he has lots of like gold chains kind of hanging off his neck that are connecting to different parts of his uniform. You say that's all fine and dandy, but how can we elect five? How can we elect three? How can we even elect one? Truly. The only reason Muhammad was on the top on the top of the tower was because none of us could stand against him. Now we are all an equal playing field, and how can we decide who is better than the rest? And you hear a couple other people clap, uh, clap, stop their feet, and he sits back down. Well, what we need to do is to figure out who could fairly rule and fairly keep keep tabs on everything those that have regulations and understanding of all the departments that we have within our world, as well as understanding that we can't will it just go into other realms and other worlds. 
this is our realm and we need to do it from a distance. Um, as Muhammad has always taught us before, uh, the best way for us to support the world is to almost seem like doing nothing at all. And people can still have the belief in us. Instead of them knowing that we're here, they have to still believe in us. That's where our power comes from. I mean, who? you all know that this is where it comes from. And then now uh, you hear Braxton, uh, Braxton from the back. My power comes from my champion. And as I can see in the rest of this room, you all have champions now. You all understand that having a champion is half the battle, half the reason why we can still maintain power here and not wither away. And uh, he starts talking like a little bit. Uh, he starts talking about an event that happened about two or three weeks ago. And do you remember Garl? He didn't want to take a champion. He didn't believe he needed to take a champion. And where is he now? He can barely have the power to even walk, barely has the strength to even eat, uh, to eat and enjoy life. If he would just take a champion, he'd be like the rest of us, thriving. And don't even, and he looks around, and don't even look at me with those questionable eyes. We chose these champions because it benefits us. We did not, they did not beg to come to us. These champions did not necessarily need us. Some, some did. All of it, some did. But I believe that power is the reason why Bohana was on top. And power should be the reason why someone else should be on top. Here, a couple other people. Some people clash their sh uh, swords against their shield, stomp their feet. Easy, easy, as the lady in the center uh, flicks up the fire again above her head. Easy. We do not need to resort to this yet. Any other words? Um, and Teresa puts her hand on, uh, on her knee again and like slowly stands up. And as she uh, stands up, uh, you hear very sly comments from around. And one of the comments in particular here is from Braxton. Uh, the bookworm has something to say. Uh, she stands up and... I believe our champions are important. I think Lord Braxton makes an excellent point. But I do not believe that it's necessary for them to kill each other to prove their worth. I believe that us together can organize everything together and we can come back from this. And if we are unified, as Bohemic gets power from his followers, maybe we can figure out a system where we all get to benefit from this. With the lack of Bohemic, we are losing believers by the day. Not just that, some people are doubting now. No longer that Bohemic is there. Churches are less and less people believe in all of us. So what we can do is unite each other and be under one be under one hat and be under Bahamut. I, I think the council idea is a great idea for us to monitor and regulate those that are not at this meeting, for example, those that do not believe that we need to be united together. And I believe, and you see her kind of start to cough and her legs start to wobble a little bit. <laughs> And she starts to like almost lose her balance, and she kind of puts her puts her hand on your shoulder. Uh, I'd to like to subtly try and help her to make it so no one notices that to help her stand straight. Um, yeah, so you stand uh, you stand up next to her, uh, and she kind of like puts her hand on your shoulder to just kind of use it as a balance. I I have learned so much from just taking this one champion. 
and seeing what decisions he makes on the mortal plane and what he bases himself off of. I believe that he is an excellent excellent example of a champion. And then one person, uh, one person says, but yet you look so weak. And uh, you see someone kind of walk out from the darkness. Uh, it's, um, it's a well, humanoid. Um, kind of looks like a tiefling more than anything else. Has like red skin, horns, horns on his head. Uh, he kind of looks a little like a dragon, but a little more demon-like. Uh, it's so sad to see you guys muddle in all of this conversation. I mean, if you really think about it, your champions are only as good as the power they give you. I mean, look at Lord Braxton over here. Lord Braxton taps the chest of his champion. Lord Braxton was just a mere worker. And now we call him Lord Braxton in a simple two-month period just because of a simple champion. I think that all of us need to rely on our champions, use their power, and use their strength. And from the shadows, you see it looks like to be a minotaur uh, kind of walk, uh, walk up with two battle axes crossed on his back. And I'd like to go ahead. Uh, it, to interrupt after he said that, like right when the uh, minotaur is coming in, just uh -huh. be like, um, and I, I turned to Teresa, I'm like, my lady, is it right if I speak? And uh, she pauses for a second and she's like, she kind of like nods her hand, her head and puts her hand down. Um, and as this is, as this is happening, uh, you hear, and you hear a couple of the lesser lords. I'll give a little bit of size. <sighs> Go ahead. Um, thank you for, for giving me the honor of speaking here. All I'd like to say is that if your champions give you power, won't that make us weaker if we def we kill each other? Won't that make Bahamut's lesser gods you all? Would it make it so you'd b grow more powerful? No, we'd grow weak. And I believe that we could actually unite under a council and it doesn't have to be my la my lady. It could be a council chosen by voting for who everyone so chooses. But I doubt Bahamut would want us to be killing each other. That's far the furthest thing from his path. And can I roll persuasion for that? Mm -hmm. I got a nat 20. <laughs> nice. What's the number actually on that, then? That's a 26 total. Cool. Uh, you kind of give, like, a very inspirational speech that reconnects uh, a lot of them, and a lot of them start thinking and pondering. And the gentleman that kind of just came from the shadows uh, walks out. He's like, you know, a few days ago, I would have agreed with that statement. I would have said killing off our champions would have been an unwise decision. But now that we have this, and he pulls out this small orb that seems to be like uh, pulsing with this uh, purplish-black energy. Now, when we have this, we can consume the powers of our champions. And well, I believe that instead of us causing war and causing a massacre in this room right here, we'd be partially civilized 
and we gain all their powers together. And then one of us could, you say, possibly, could be just as powerful as Bahamut. Uh, Braxton stands up and looks over at it. Um, a lot of other like people start standing up and looking over. Where did you get that? Where, how did you find that relic? People, people. It's not here or there. We have it now. This is the item that will allow us to become possibly stronger than Bahamut. But I, of course, am willingly, willingly giving this out to people because I believe that we need to show our strength, show our power. And the best way to do that is to constitute a tournament. Braxton? <laughs> Excellent. I like your thinking. And a couple other of them are excited. Um, and Teresa, still a little bit sweating, uh, kind of sits back, uh, sits back down in her chair uh, and has her hand on your wrist and kind of pulls you down. I sit uh, down next to her. Um, she's like, thank you for that speech. Um, I believe that this conversation, unfortunately, is over. Um, and you hear, hear the lady in the center flick up the fire, and you see the gentleman that came from the uh, came from the shadows kind of wave his hand, and the fire fire just disappears. And he's like, "Do not do that! Do not do that party uh, party trick to try to get their attention. It is simple. Majority of us, if not all of us, believe that we need to fight to earn uh, to earn our place. Voting, we will all vote for our individuals. We will not vote for." people that are right to rule, just the most popular. So it's simple as this, people. We will reconvene. We will do a tournament. And we will decide who's going to be ruling the rest of us. I put out a vote to agree on this. We can start with the nays first. Uh, and you have Teresa, uh, the gnome that's next to her. Um, a couple other people in the crowd, the main, uh, the main conductor in the center, all say nay, and uh, he counts out. Okay, so we have thirteen say nay, and well, I could probably say with the rest of you guys, you guys are all going to say yay, but it is proper manners, and for yays, and you hear most the whole the whole room kind of erupt, and he's like, excellent. From my calculations, that looks like to be about 40. Hmm. I think it's a little one-sided tonight, gentlemen. But I think that we'll be having a tournament in a few days. Um, Teresa kind of like grabs your arm and pulls you closer. And she's like, we need to prepare you. And prepare me for this. What can I do? Train hard and be ready. I will... Do the same. I need to research all the rest of these champions, and when we reconvene, it'll be it'll be time to show your worth. I'll do my best not to dishonor you. Um, you see a couple of the lesser gods uh, kind of like open up portals and walk through them. Um, you can see the main conductor uh, trying to like get people's attention and try to calm people down, but people are just excited and wild up. Uh, people are moving all around. Um, and then you see um, the gnome sitting there looking at Teresa. It's okay. And she like he puts his hand, uh, his hand on her hand. He's like, everything will be all right. Um, he looks around. I hate to do this, but I think I need to increase our odds. 
Um, and Teresa says, no, 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 no. And you see him just disappear like a snap. And you see him and Melissa like snap away, like they're being teleported out. And she's like, no, 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 he's, and uh, she kind of tries to stand up. She's like, we need to head back to uh, my realm. We need to it. head back and rest. I go and help her. I'm like, yeah. And uh, you guys walk back up the stairs. You guys go to the doorway. Um, and then she does a wave of her hand and slowly the world starts to turn again and then un unwind back into the field. Um, she walks over to her blackstone and puts her hand on it. You see, you see a thundercloud start to build right above you guys. And uh, she's starting to cry. And she's just like, he's, he's going to try to kill some of the lesser gods to hopefully stop more death. Is there anything we can do to stop him? I, I don't know where he's at. Uh, I, I don't know what we could do. Um, he's gonna he's gonna get his champion himself into a lot of trouble. Um, and he's doing it all for my sake. He seems like a good god. He has a weird way of doing things, but uh, he, he he's always watched out after me. All we can do is prepare for what's to come. Of course. Oh, and considering everyone's power comes from belief, if I told your name to Brock, maybe we can bolster your strength a little. She's like, that is possible. Um, uh, uh, and she like pauses for a second. She's like, from what I've seen of this Brock Timbers, it doesn't quite align with our beliefs. I know he's very, 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 very rough around the edges, but he does have a good heart. Indeed. He, he does try to do what's best when he can. He, uh, and she chuckles for a second. She's like, Brock reminds me of Baravar. Uh, Good-hearted soul. Um, and willing to do the dirty work to take care of his friends. That sounds like Brock to a T. And uh, she places her hand, uh, hand on your chest. And she says, hands you back her glove. She's like, I'll find another solution. You protect yourself, because if you die out there, you're no use to me. Alright, my lady. I'll do my best to strengthen myself so that I can be a, the best champion I can for you. Wait, before I go, is there any way I can display your symbol in, for the time? Um, and she uh, kind of like uh, points, uh, points to your back. And uh, you see that your shield actually is changed and engraved with the symbol or around behind it. All right, then I will honor this this emblem. May I protect you, or I cannot. Alrighty, I'm ready to go. And uh, she kind of uh, puts her hand right across your chest, and as it goes across your chest, you feel like the static electricity kind of come off of it. And uh, just like a flash of light, 
you're back. Um, and then USS SS Edson. Um, Edson is probably, or not Edson, sorry, Kelmar is super excited with his potion. <clears throat> it's just like, yeah. I'm just wired. Yeah, I made a potion. Bill. Super juiced. Um, and your guys' shift ends. I rolled a 12. Shane, you're kind of just tired. So you're being on the road. Um, today's weather was at least kind of a nice feeling because a little warmer. Uh, but you're not really paying all that much attention, just looking around. And the day goes by, and the night goes by. You guys wake up in the morning. Do we feel like P. Diddy? <laughs> Sure. <laughs> I rolled. I rolled to see uh, if I felt like P. Diddy, and I did not. I, I rolled a five. <laughs> P. Diddy don't roll no fives. <laughs> All right, and your uh, guys' next day is here. You guys have breakfast, um, and we can just go through the day unless you guys want to do something during the day. Uh, nope, I'd like I'm to good. actually go up. Here we go. Oh, what's up? Hey, Brock. Um, I was wondering if you could help me with something. What's, uh, what's going so, on? So, I basically met with my, uh, patron. Bahamut? And, no, sadly Bahamut's missing. Thank you. But it's you made that. it so the other lesser gods are very, let's just say bloodthirsty. <laughs> And so my patron, basically, they they said that they can uh, power me up, but the thing is, uh, I'll just put it bluntly, I was chosen as this lesser god's champion, um, and as you know, the gods are powered basically by the amount of people who believe in them. Okay. The thing is... Considering the steep competition, it looks like I'm going to be fighting a lot of other champions soon. Whoa. By myself. Brock kind of like Teresa, looks around my... like we've been on the road for like a few days. Essen hasn't been out of his sight for like more than uh, taking a shit. It's like, uh, <laughs> where, where did when did this happen? Basically, I was pulled to it uh to a different place while i was uh praying the other night well so yeah it's uh it's happened once or twice i've talked to my patron face to face a couple times um and she's she's a very kind goddess what's her she name she even actually has a friend who reminds me of you what what's her name Teresa, uh, it's Stormborn, right? Or Stormcloud, sorry. Teresa Stormcloud. I was wondering if uh, during some of our camping and also while we're just kind of in towns and stuff, if you could help me get more people to believe in her or because the more belief she has in her, the more power she can muster to give to us. 
Okay. And the more I can actually defend her. Without her, well, there's going to be a rampage of lesser gods. Edson, the only way to do that on a on the scale that you're looking for is to do something big in public. A I'm okay. a um a vision or like a demonstration of her power and benevolence, you know, like you can't just you don't want to inflict fear upon these people to uh, follow her. It's it wants you want to be a benevolent but strong force. So something no, she's something complete. in uh, public is where you're looking to get the the max. Yes. Um. Basically, she's a very benevolent being so we don't need to do a display of force that's what gets people's attention sadly yes well we'll have to find some way to do do it but i wanted to show you this as even proof and i'd like to uh take the cover off my shield where brock has seen like i carved a really nice bahamut picture Mm -hmm. and now it's replaced with a storm cloud with a thunderbolt well, well, I you can keep if if you are d- dedicating yourself to this de- uh, patron deity, Teresa Stormcloud, then she must be good because you are the the best person I have ever met. So, um, absolutely, I can always have my help getting your attention. Thank you. I, I knew I could count on you, Brock. It's for this one. I just knew I wasn't going to be able to do this alone. Absolutely not. We would, we wouldn't have it any other way. Well, as for the big display of uh, power, I guess maybe we could uh, try and show them what we can do against. A certain cult. That we are definitely on board for. Brock and Brock smiles, and we just continue down the way. Sounds good. Okay, the day goes by. Uh, Nightwatch first. Okay, um, a fourteen. Peaceful. Next. Okay, I assist. You assist a. Central 20. Nice. Very peaceful. He's a super wired still from making that awesome potion. <laughs> Next watch. Also 14. Uh, peaceful. We are heading into next morning. We are now two days travel, or like a day and a half, away from uh, Waters Deep. Hey, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, share it with your friends, family, and uh, anyone else that actually likes D&D.
I appreciate your guys' time. If you guys like it, we love you. Thanks for listening to uh, Troll Initiative, and uh, this is your DM signing off.